And these are just on a national, on a governmental level. This is just a government sponsored programs. And then you also have tech companies like Google that are investing in, in their students. And then you also have private schools put out summer camps. But here's one thing that bugs me about all of this, and it's it's actually part of the reason why I founded Non-Traditional Techies, my organization which helps people who don't have a background in STEM or computer science necessarily to break into a career in tech. At least the research that I have read has shown that if you go to a low-income school, you're four times less likely to get exposed to computer science. You're four times less likely to take a computer science class in high school than someone who didn't go to such a school. So I think, unfortunately, the way that things are working right now, we're only seeing this inequality expand because you will have students who live in areas that are far away from tech hubs. So like Rust Belt cities in the Midwest or someone from a small town or something. And these are the students who will like never get the chance to really study computer science when they're in high school. But then this creates problems. Tech companies will set aside specific scholarships or internships for, as they call it, outstanding students who are in high school or first or second year. But when you have programs like this, who are you excluding? Because there are only a certain group of students in this country who get exposure to computer science at a young age. And while you do have programs that are making it uh, a little better, so you'll have programs like Girls Who Code and stuff that will be teaching students, uh, female students, um, how to code. I'll just like give you a small example. I ran the Girls Who Code workshop at our at, at a local high school here, and that high school was serving a lot of students from low-income backgrounds. We also had a lot of students of color, but unfortunately, we had to stop running the workshops because it just wasn't working out for the students because. We, the people who were offering the classes, all of us, like we were college students, so we had our own schedules and then the students were in high school, so they couldn't just skip class to go to a programming workshop. So it's, yeah. it's things like this that people don't really take into consideration. It's cool to have things like Girls Who Code and I love it. I love the organization. I've, I've been volunteering for them for years, but at the same time, I recognize that there's a problem. There are so many issues that, that people face when they come from low-income backgrounds. It's not even just about schools. It could be related to mental health, for example. A lot of, a lot of low-income students just don't get access to the same resources, the financial resources, mental health resources. So for example, for me personally, I didn't have financial security until like last year. And that was my mid-20s when I finally started feeling like, all right, now I can actually afford to have fun. So it's, yeah. it's things like this that people don't really take into consideration. We can have these workshops, but if there are students who are like struggling to put food on the table or there's some issues going on in, in their family neighborhoods, whatever, they won't really be able to take advantage of those resources. So that's why I think it's so important for us in, in a world that is increasingly moving toward technology and technical skills are becoming increasingly important. It is so important for us to not exclude people who are older from the conversation because I don't think we should restrict people based on age. We really should not have programs that will only take first or second year students or only take high achieving high school students or something like that because when you have programs that filter people based on age, 
you were really filtering out people who didn't grow up with an, in a privileged um, setting. No, I think that's so true. That's one of my biggest pet peeves. Pet peeves, even that word is an understatement. When you have programs or scholarships or any sort of resource that is valuable and your criteria for who can be a potential recipient or who can be a recipient is is age because it's like you said you don't know what the trajectory of my life has been up until this point do you really think that talent and skill and know-how can only come from a narrow slice of the, the human lifespan how many people have accomplished profound things contributed in such huge ways to humanity when they were 60 when they were 40 when they were 70 when they were 50 i i understand maybe they want to limit the number of applicants they get but i feel like you could still pick a different criterion it doesn't have to be age right you can put a timeline on it like oh you can only apply from you know february to march instead of february to like you know august you know what i'm saying there's another way you can sort of limit if you can't handle a huge volume of applicants because maybe you're a small organization etc but to make age the criterion i just don't understand where that originated from why that seems like a sensible criterion for elimination yeah i agree i was looking at this award earlier they're cut off age there are so many people i know who come from low-income backgrounds who don't even get out of poverty until they're in their 30s it's just really sad that that we have this society where i i really don't uh, understand the obsession we have with thinking that you can only be good when you're young. We as a society really need to move away from that toxic mindset that if you don't have, if you haven't done anything big, whatever that may be, whatever that word means to you, by the time you're 30, you're just not good. That is really, really such an excellent point because there are so many fields that are not strictly about computer science, depending on how much awareness you have of the field of computer science. For example, chemistry or biology. There is so much overlap now with computer science where you have to know R or Python or whatever. And it's like people don't take, or even not even, you know, sciences like the humanities. There's so much intersection now with artificial intelligence or machine learning with the humanities. I was even watching a YouTube video the other day where this person, he trained an AI to make Shakespeare, <laughs> write like Shakespeare. And so I think that when you're excluding people based on their income, based on their age, from, from learning computer science, then you're limiting the possibilities of new contributions we could have to our body of knowledge in our world. Because I feel like there's so much beauty and intersectionality of different fields. You even said on your Facebook page, Technically Confident, it's also a blog, you were saying that you don't like ageist awards like the Forbes 30 under 30 list because when you're using age to filter out potential candidates, you're penalizing people for being poor, disabled, overcoming childhood trauma, or lacking good mentors in their life who could guide them at a young age. I have never understood society's obsession with high-achieving youth as if age somehow makes one's accomplishments less impressive. Older people have to face ageism, raise families, health issues, and have other responsibilities that younger people simply do not have, which make it more difficult for them to take risks with their careers. Plus, ageism affects women the most. Older women are more likely than men to get rejected for job offers, 
and feel pressure to dye their hair and look younger. I hope we stamp out ageism for good because one day we all will age and we can only hope the younger generation is nicer to us than we were to our elders.